0: Learn the most advanced recruiting techniques. Land the most desirable talent. Launch your company towards massive success. This
1: is the Higher Power Radio Show with Rick Girard.
0: Knowing at least one attribute that is shared by everyone in the organization is critical to nail down before you start hiring. This one thing becomes the cornerstone of your corporate values which shapes the company culture, attracts the right people, and fuels growth. Ask yourself, what is the one trait that is critical to the organization? Write it down, start talking about it, and encourage it to grow. Allow it to be the compass by which you will evaluate the right fit. I'm Rick Gerard, and welcome to the Higher Power Radio Show. We help entrepreneurs and executives win the right hires We do so by sharing insights from top performing rebel entrepreneurs, disruptors, and industry leaders like our guest today, Mr. Beirut Sheath. He is the co-founder and CEO of GupShop. GupShop is the leader in cloud messaging and conversational experiences. He previously founded and led Elance, which is now Upwork and publicly listed company the pioneer of online freelancing and the gig economy. So Beirut has one really successful exit under his belt, and he's built world-class organizations and hired hundreds of talented people throughout his career, which is what makes Beirut the perfect guest for today's topic. Beirut, welcome to the Higher Power Radio Show today.
1: Hey, Rick, thanks for having me here. Excited to be here.
0: Yeah, it's a pleasure to have you. Now, today we're gonna discuss minimizing the difficulty in hiring the right people And we're going to do so by keying in on one thing that you and I talked about, which is your one thing, something that's really critical to the organization. And we're going to talk about how to identify your one thing and enable you to make the right hiring decision every time. Sound like a plan?
1: Sounds great. Looking forward to the discussion.
0: All right. Sounds great. So let's talk a little bit about challenge today and finding and hiring the strongest people. I hear numerous complaints from a lot of my clients and people that I work with that there's problems with ghosting, there's problems with people not being in alignment with the organization, or they really just don't know if the person's the right fit. So what are you seeing as being one of the big challenges?
1: Exactly right. I mean, just to set some context, we recently raised a big round of funding. We announced a $100 million round. That was Our last round was sort of 10 years before that. We've seen a lot of growth. We got this huge amount of capital. And I'm not going to get rewarded by keeping all that money in the bank. You sort of have to grow the business, invest sure. in the right things. That's the purpose of it. So we are going through this hyper growth phase, scaling, as they call it in the valley. So in this phase, suddenly we're growing rapidly. In the last three months, we've sort of doubled our organization size. We've gone from about 200 people to about 400. We'll probably grow a lot more before the year is out. So previously, recruiting arguably is a little easier to do when you're growing in a manageable rate, but here the pace is intense and you really need to be clear about what kind of people do you want, who you're hiring, because for every one person you want to hire, you're talking to three, four, five candidates. It just takes a lot of time and energy and and even worse at the end of it if you didn't get the right people you've got to do it all over again and you lose a lot of time sure so being clear about what sort of attribute skill set what's the culture of your organization who will thrive and so on is important And then in our case, uh, we're found, right? So we are in a very dynamic space. This whole messaging industry is evolving from sort of businesses would send these simple one-way notifications. E-commerce company says, you know, your order is confirmed, your package is arriving, your flight is booked and things like that. You get those notifications. And now it's going to sort of these rich two-way conversations where you can really have a chat with businesses. So as this evolution happens, our space is very dynamic. The kind of people we need really is just entrepreneurial. We need entrepreneurial folks who can be flexible, dynamic, evolve, keep pace, innovate, and so on, right? So that's where we've really focused on deal with a little bit of uncertainty and so on.
0: So I'd imagine the two biggest things are not necessarily fear, but the challenge of am I getting the right people in the right seat? And then talking about hyper growth, and there's this pressure a lot of times when you're in that hyper growth mode that, hey, we really need to get these roles filled ASAP. Sometimes there's a tendency to rush into the And get those done as quickly as possible.
1: Yeah. Firstly, the role itself is evolving. So, what skill set do you fit? The candidate into because the role you may hire for, to today might change in six months or 12 months. And then the second is the people themselves evolve, right? Don't forget every organization has context and culture. So once somebody comes in here, they behave differently than they did before. It's really hard to get the exact fit in exactly the right way that will sustain over a long period of time. So that's where sure. I found that just having this entrepreneurial perspective, finding people that are somewhat flexible, of course, very talented in certain area that overlaps enough with what you want, but then have have this ability to be flexible uh, to the needs of the organization, to the needs of the environment, the customers, and so on. And that's where we found a lot of success. And I really had a great time that the kind of people that self-select themselves are the ones that will thrive in these sort of dynamic environments. And, you know, and we found some useful heuristics to see who's flexible, who's not in the recruiting process.
0: That's a really good key point. People self-select in the recruiting process, not about selling people to work for your company, it's having them self-select into the organization let them sell you on why they should work there too. It's a double-sided sales process. So it's not a situation where you're trying so hard to get somebody on board. They should be just as eager to join you as you are to have them join.
1: Exactly. And in fact, this is something I learned over the years. When I was a rookie entrepreneur, you have the sense of desperation saying every person you meet (laughs) because very few people believe you to begin with. So anybody who you meet, you're trying to pitch them really hard and get them on board. And now I've sort of learned the hard way that don't oversell, don't over pitch in the sense that make sure it's a natural fit. So tell them the real story, warts and all saying, look, here's the good stuff. Here's the not so good stuff. Yeah. And try to scare them away. And if they're not scared and they still hang on with you, I think those are the right people to have. Right. So it sort of ends up being a good self-selection mechanism.
0: That is so very true. Share the good, bad and the ugly of the company. Like you mentioned, I've seen a lot of entrepreneurs that will actually go into the process selling, selling, selling and not sharing the fact that the place is a, a hot mess. But that's the nature of a startup. It's a hot mess most of the time. Yeah. And I think it's in context. Of course, the
1: reason why somebody is attracted to a startup is you get to have huge impact. You get a lot of flexibility. You get a lot of freedom to define your role the way you want to do it. It's super exciting and rewarding in a different way. But the day-to-day can have a lot of friction points. You don't have enough infrastructure, enough support, enough processes. Those are being built up as you go along. So the people are excited by the big picture and work through the grunt work are the ones that you want in this sort of setting. On the other hand, people who are really, you know, methodical, organized, structured, and they need all of that to succeed will will struggle in a typical startup environment. So yeah, making sure the right fit is important.
0: Very, very true. Let's talk about collaborative negotiation, because you and I did a prep call before and we came up with this. You shared with me your thoughts on this. Tell me, what is collaborative negotiation to you? So, as I was saying,
1: we're looking for entrepreneurial people, looking for flexible people. And then the question is, okay, how do you judge for that in the recruiting process? One thing I've discovered is even when you're going through the process, they're interviewing a candidate, talks to multiple people in the company, and then they're also talking to HR. And through all of this, there's discussions about the role. And then, of course, later about the compensation. There's a little bit of a negotiation inherent in a recruiting process. And one thing I've found is that the kind of entrepreneurial flexible people, they focus on on the big picture and oftentimes are good or easy to negotiate with versus some people that get stuck in the weeds or are very dogmatic about certain things and have to be done a certain way. And that tends to be sort of a very early indicator. And the reason why that's an indicator is if you think about an ongoing role, people in a startup environment, employees are working in teams, and every day is a negotiation. I wanna be careful when we use this word negotiation. Traditional people, they think of negotiation in an adversarial context, like a hostage negotiation or a deal negotiation. Traditionally, these are win-lose situations where the only way one person makes a dollar is if the other person loses a dollar. And that's sort of common in sort of Wall Street transactions. But in the Silicon Valley, a startup approach to it is the only way you make a dollar is if the guy next to you also makes a dollar because everybody has the same stock options in a company. So... Firstly, I want to redefine the word negotiation in a collaborative situation, not in an adversarial situation. But within teams, you're always negotiating. Should we do this product feature or that? Should we prioritize this customer over that? Should we do this earlier or that one? Should I focus on this or should you focus on that?
0: It's really interesting how a word like that has a negative connotation, but it's actually, if you look at the definition of negotiation, there's no negative connotation to it. It's a positive word. You're negotiating both sides and you're trying to come out with a win-win. Exactly. In most
1: out of context, I've found that every day really is a negotiation, especially because your processes and structures are not as fully defined, which is why you figure it as you go along, right? You figure it out. And that's why you need people who can negotiate and negotiate well, which means have the flexibility, let the best idea win. It's not about tying your personality into the negotiation, but sort of saying it's this idea versus that and which is a better one. And you can discuss that in an objective way as far as possible. And if that's what the job's going to be, leaving aside the specifics, which is whether it's a product management role or a marketing role or an engineering role, but the common thread that runs through it is this constant negotiation, then the recruiting process itself offers great opportunities to see how somebody would negotiate in terms of, for example, sometimes we say, look, today, you'll report to this person, but it may change in three or six months, if that freaks them out, that's a problem. Or if we say, sometimes when you're discussing cash versus equity, now as a startup with substantial equity value, of course, we want to compensate people and we do that well. But when people obsess on cash versus equity, I think that often that's the sign as to where their focus is, longer-term goals versus sort of short-term cash and so on.
0: But that's the transactional component there. Negotiation is more than just the transaction.
1: Exactly right, right? Because we're looking at different things or oftentimes they'll ask about what's the career growth path and how does the process evolve? And of course you share it as it is, but sometimes it may not be fully well-defined. And I think if people get stuck up or frustrated with some of these sort of recruiting steps, then that's an early indicator of how they might be to work with, where if you can't even agree on some role right now, how are you going to do these dozens of little negotiation points on an everyday basis? That is uh, a perfect point.
0: That's such a strong point there. All right, you're listening to the Higher Power Radio Show. I'm your host, Rick Girard. And for our podcast listeners, we're going to take a quick educational moment from our sponsors, Hey, check out stridesearch.com. There you'll find a link to order your book, Healing Career Wounds, which is available now on Amazon and Barnes & Noble and every other bookstore. Let it be your startup secret weapon to hiring the strongest people. Our guest today is Beirut Sheath. He's the CEO and co-founder of and we're talking about that one thing that's relevant to your company in finding the right people. We just discussed a little bit about why it's important. So let's talk about how we solve this problem. So walk me through the steps in which somebody can put themselves in a the mindset or in a framework so they're identifying the right people that resonate with their company.
1: Like I said, just being realistic about what your company culture is, what your requirements are, And in our case, usually that's been it's a dynamic environment. We need entrepreneurial people in certain key roles who can drive company strategy going forward. So once you're clear about that, then the steps really are first, of course, you want to find the right kind of people that fit this profile, find the flexible people who can the recruiting negotiation is a lead indicator of what the daily collaborative negotiation would be like. That's one attribute, of course, there's a lot of other discussions, but we, we look at that. So find the flexible people up front, that's the key. And then after that, once they're in, onboarding them, engaging them, making sure they're up to date with the vision. So getting the right people in the right seat is the second step to make sure that they are in the right place, working with the right co-workers, and the dynamic is healthy and positive, even as we are dealing through constructive conflicts and prioritization and so on. And then once that's set up, the third and perhaps the most important thing is really empower them in the role, which may mean that allow people to make mistakes, to try different things. Every mistake is a learning opportunity and so on. Give that freedom, the flexibility, the empowerment to go and try out these things. And ultimately, the best ideas emerge out of these discussions, these interactions, these trial and error, and so on. So those are the three steps I've found to implementing this and being successful with it.
0: Let's tackle the first one. So finding highly flexible people. This is a big challenge I'm hearing in my executive forums and everything that I'm involved with. How do we find people? Then how do you find people that fit within your organization? Let's talk a little bit about how you guys are going about finding people. I'm finding the traditional look at a job board and hope that people come to you is not really working right now, especially with the shortage of talent that's out there, especially, you know, in tech and in some of the other areas. How is it that you're going to about finding flexible people? Certainly there are
1: the, the traditional things. It's important to at least have presence on job boards and other places. But like you said, I mean, there's no guarantee that that'll work. However, at least it's out there. What I found more successful is these days with social media, everybody is accessible. If somebody wants to reach you individually, it's possible to do that through LinkedIn, through Twitter, and other cases. And I found that people who actually proactively reach out to you, at least they've done some research, they've looked at the company, they know what it is, and so on. Basically, exposing yourself, like opening yourself up in terms of here's what we do, here's our vision, here's our product, and here's our culture. Talking about these things is important because it will attract the right kind of people to your organization that can lead to a lot of sort of inbound queries and interests as well.
0: Content is very powerful. People who are going to see this video with you Hopefully, they're going to check out your recruiting page. They're going to see you. They're going to hear your talk. They're going to say, "Hey, look at! I'm really resonating with what you have to say, with what Bharat has to say." So maybe I should look into it.
1: Exactly. Whether it's podcasts, whether it's blog posts, all of these tools are available to any entrepreneur to really explain, expose, you know, sort of share visibly what you're doing, why you're excited about what you're doing, what the opportunity is. There's always a thoughtful story that most entrepreneurs have as to why they got started with it, what they're doing, why the culture is the way it is, and so on. So being able to articulate it, explain it, share it, and be open to it, which also means that when people reach out, you need to respond and engage. And I find that talking to candidates, oftentimes it's a learning opportunity. You discover new things. There's a role you have in mind and you're looking at it, but I don't look at it too strictly because different people have different ways of doing it. And oftentimes they bring new ideas that you hadn't thought about as well.
0: That's a really good point. So you're hiring based on talent as opposed to just filling a seat.
1: Yeah, exactly. Because like I said, the role itself might evolve over time. So if I fix it to a particular role that lasts three months, what happens six months later? But on the other hand, if you have talented people that are adaptive, they can evolve as the role evolves. So I think it's really important to have that as well. But yeah, I think we find there's a lot of inbound and then we also reach out. Sometimes when you need specific skills in certain roles, like you need an Android developer, right? I mean, that's a very specific thing. Now that, of course, you kind of have to reach out and look at certain things. But on the other hand, for many roles, so it's a combination of these sources for uh, sourcing talent.
0: If you're utilizing your referral network, the fact is you've got employees. I have found that a really powerful way, if you've got a recruiting staff or you've got somebody who's leading this up, sit down with all the employees, get the names of people who they know are high performers, and start cultivating the relationships with those. Those proactive relationships are gold. And I'm seeing that that's where we're being successful is by sitting down with organizations, leaders and saying, hey, who have you worked with before? Don't reach out to them. Let us do it. But who do you know that's good? And then let's start branching out or making that tree blossom.
1: Absolutely right. I think referrals is a great source. And we encourage it both explicitly. But don't forget, there's also implicit referrals. Every one of your employees is talking to their friends about the company, right? And if they can be an ambassador, if they like what they're doing, it sort of creates this gravitational pull to their friends and their colleagues and so on. So I think it's great.
0: Yeah, that is so very true. That's how you find people. It's really not that difficult. I say, look at what everybody else is doing and flip it upside down. Try putting your eggs in the basket, which are going to be the most fruitful. And I agree, having things out on job boards is good. You will find people from time to time. But I think at the same time, utilizing those places that are the stronger talent pools, spend your time there. We're getting pretty close on time. What would be two or three key takeaways that you could give the audience that could plug into the business today? Just being
1: deliberate about culture, about organization in the context of the market that you operate in, the products that you're developing. I think really thinking through who you are it's hard enough to do it as an individual, try doing that as an organization. That's the first bit. And then you can look at what kind of people are already succeeding and thriving in this sort of environment. And by the way, which ones did not, which ones left you or you had to ask them to leave. So that already tells you sort of the attributes you want or don't want in terms of what you have. And once you have that, then using that to right at the front if you can optimize for those attributes and try to figure out because it's really hard in any 45-minute interview. It's hard to be able to say, okay, the person is a fit in all of these different things, even if they talk to three, four, five different people. It's really hard to do that, right? So to that extent, if you can create some proxy variables or sort of simulated situations that tell you how they would be Uh, on a working on a day-to-day basis. I think that is a good indicator and then bringing them in and empowering them to do that. I think for me, I found, you know, we need entrepreneurial, flexible people who can do constructive and collaborative negotiation. That's the one attribute that's worked well for us. And I think it works for many, many startups, because ultimately, by definition, a startup has a lot to be figured out. And you need these sort of flexible, open-minded people who are not faced by uncertainty or by lack of structure and so on. But in fact, they can go out and develop that for you and your organization. So I think in general, this would work for most sort of tech startups, yeah.
0: I love that term, by the way, that you coined collaborative negotiation. And hopefully, that's going to be the title of your book and your TED Talk
1: <laughs> <laughs> once, you,
0: once you have your next IPO.
1: I know. So that's the, I have to make sure the acknowledgments include you because you, you help sharpen the focus there. Yeah.
0: <laughs> I love it. Barud, thanks so much for your time investment today, and I want to welcome you to the Higher Power Radio community. Now, what would be the best way in which members of the audience could reach you, find out more about the company, and maybe apply if they're interested in working for you?
1: A fringe benefit of an unusual name like mine is I'm very easy to find on any social media, on LinkedIn, on Twitter. It's just my name. I don't have to add any digits and so on. I'm very very accessible on social media.
0: Okay, perfect. And then, what's your website in case people want to check out your company?
1: Sure, it's gupshop.io. That's g-u-p-s-h-u-p.io. And the word itself, interestingly, with the word gupshop means chit chat which is very appropriate for a messaging business.
0: Very cool. I love it. Hey, I want to thank our listening audience for tuning into this week's episode of Higher Power. Quick thanks to our team, Brian Colburn, Andrea Ballant, and Ayla Gerard. If you're listening to the podcast, please subscribe, review, and share. We welcome your feedback after all this show's for you. You can join the Higher Power Radio community at higher, hire h i r e power, P-O-W-E-R, radio, R-A-D-I-O.com, or you can drop me an email at Rickettstridesearch.com. Tune in next Tuesday our guest is going to be Eric Don. Eric is the CEO and co-founder of Open Influence. I'm your host Rick Girard and you have been listening to the Higher Power Radio show. Aloha. Thank you for listening to Higher Power Radio. Catch our LinkedIn live show every Tuesday at noon or download the podcast on iHeartRadio, iTunes, YouTube or your favorite podcast platform. We appreciate you joining us on Higher Power Radio with your guide to recruitment success. Recture